Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 56. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Tuesday to you, Brady. Happy Tuesday to you. How have you been celebrating Oktoberfest? Oh, man. Uh, nothing so far. Nothing? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm slacking. I'm slacking. No pretzels and no beer no, cheese at all. No, I know. So, you know, in Munich, they had the tapping of the keg. It's, it's the bringing in of the fall season. And uh, I don't know. After we get out of here today, I think I'm going to go celebrate with some Wiener Schnitzel. And when I mean to say Wiener Schnitzel, I mean the, uh, the restaurant down the street that serves well, the little yeah. hot dogs. Because I just love corn dogs. So, anyway. All right. Well, hey, are you ready to get into minute number 56? Funny story about Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, this guy I used to know was making a movie back in like the 70s with some friends of his. And the movie was about a drug deal gone wrong. So they had uh, all of these like suitcases with like powdered sugar in them. And then a bunch of like stacks of uh, newspaper with like dollar bills on the top to look like a bunch of money. And then afterwards, he was going to treat the entire cast to lunch. So they went there. Next thing they know, cop cars just surround them at Wiener Schnitzel. And they had to explain it's powdered sugar. And I think the cops even had to like take and test it and everything. So I take that as a yes. You're ready to get into Minute Number 56? Absolutely. That's no, that, it. That's, that's, a, that's a very good story. That was the one where we know the guy who was making the movie where he was driving around uh, antagonizing people at drive throughs too, right? No. No, no? no, this is something else. This is a guy I used to work with. No, I mean, but that was the same Wiener Schnitzel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, our yeah. Friend would, so our yeah. friend would drive around to McDonald's and Taco Bell and thought it was really funny to go and just like, you know, uh, insist that they were con- con- were continuing to get his order wrong. So he would order a hamburger and they'd say hamburger. He's like, no, I said a cheeseburger. They'd say cheeseburger and they'd say, no, I said a salad like that. And yeah. when he got to Wiener Schnitzel, that was the one where the manager like came running yeah, out he came after running him. running out. And, and the off. video footage that you and I saw was this like car just driving off of this like shadow running after them out of a Wiener Schnitzel. So, yeah. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and get into minute number 56 here. In the previous minute, Peter Venkman arrived at Dana Barrett's apartment and surveyed the damage done by Vince Glortho. Venkman arrived at Dana Barrett's apartment to find her dressed in the, her finest discotheque gown. Venkman has just had the door to Dana's apartment shut in his face after denying that he was the key master. At minute number 56, Peter attempts to look through Dana's keyhole to see what's going on in the apartment. At 56.05, Venkman attempts a second knock on the door. Dana opens it and asks again if he is the key master. Venkman responds yes, and then tells her that he's a friend of the keymaster and was told to meet him at the apartment. At 56.14, we cut to an interior shot of the apartment. Venkman closes the door behind him and follows Dana into the apartment. He tells her that he didn't get her name. She responds that she is Zul, the gatekeeper. At 56.24, Venkman looks around Dana's apartment and sees slime dripping off the cabinet and burn marks around the door to her kitchen. At 56.27, Venkman asks Zul what they are doing that evening. Dana slash Zul responds that they must prepare for the coming of Gozer. Venkman responds with, Gozer, huh? At 56.36, Dana slash Zool climbs up onto her bed and says, The Destructor. At 56.39, Venkman stands at the doorway of Dana's bedroom as she seductively writhes on her bed. At 56.46, at 56.46, Venkman asks Dana if they are still going out. At 56.50, Venkman enters Dana's bedroom and tells her that she could pick up the place if she was expecting someone. At 56.55, Dana slash Zool lies on her bed and asks Venkman, Do you want this body? Venkman asks if that is a trick question. Thus ends minute number 56. So, again, we say this on the show, and I mean at this time, not a whole lot going on in this minute. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just Venkman getting access to Dana's apartment by saying, like, oh, you know, I'm no, I'm not the key master, but he told me to meet him here. And then he's just kind of surveying all the damage that's done into the apartment. And uh, so I read the shooting script for the movie for this scene. Really? It seems like there was a lot of ad-libbing. I mean, mostly for the most part, like, Venkman's lines are close to what was written. Uh, Dana Barrett's were almost exactly on point. But when people say that 
Bill Murray did a lot of ad-libbing in this movie, they're not kidding. He came in and almost rewrote every line. Now, before this scene happens, uh, previously we saw Vince Clortho possess Louis Tully. Uh, before Peter even gets to the apartment, it cuts straight to the moment where Tully is running out of Central Park. So that we know that comes later. That's minute 59. It came before all this stuff. But I think it works better having Dana and Peter meet each other to have it broken up by Lewis oh, yeah. running out. Yeah, I think that was a good decision. Absolutely. But uh, in the shooting script, Venkman catches on to what's going on and uses a pin light into Dana's eyes to tell that she is possessed. So he catches on pretty early. I mean, he catches on early in this scene too, but he's still asking questions like, so are we still going out? <laughs> you know, yeah. and wants to know if they're still going in the town. In the shooting script, he recognizes what's happening and then sits her down in the bed. He tells her, yeah, go sit down in the bed. There is something I want to do in there. So that's how he let, gets her to let her guard down. And then he takes a pin light out and kind of like shines it through her eyes. And he's like, you know, uh, I make it a point not to get uh, involved yeah. with possessed people. So that makes me that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with fa- about the fact that he had uh, the stuff that he shoots her up with later the to Thorazine. get her to calm down. Yeah, because, okay, if this scientist travels around with like pin lights and stuff like that, it makes sense that he might also travel around with... Uh, stuff like that. However, he did get out of a cab with no like medical bag. Yeah. So it's like he had it in his pockets. But, you know, for the sake of it being a movie. Uh, well, we also don't know. I mean, we do know that Lois Tully has his own little, uh, you know, drugstore over there, all sorts of generic type stuff. So maybe true, he goes yeah. over and says, you know, where's the antacetamethamine? And he also finds the uh, <laughs> Thorazine right yeah. next to it. Um, this, this is a moment where. Uh, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on in this minute aside from like Bill Murray walking around doing his Bill Murray thing. But in terms of the character, I think this is really where Peter Venkman starts to become a real believer. And he really starts to see, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Like stuff is really going on. And of course it takes like uh, the personal connection. It's happening to this girl that he really likes. But uh, I think whenever he enters, just the expression on his face, when he's looking around at the slime covering the walls and everything, you really start to see that he's accepting the fact that like, this is over. Mm-hmm. Like the shit's about to go down, and uh, and I'm a part of it. It's interesting because in a lot of these '80s Bill Murray movies, you see like the guy from Stripes is kind of the guy from Meatballs, right? But it's like taking that character and sticking him in the supernatural situation and seeing how he deals with it is what you get in like scenes like this, and in a minute where he actually sees Dana Barrett floating above her bed. And in the minute earlier where, you know, he says, I'm going to need some petty cash to take the, you know, new client Dana Barrett out. And Ray says, this is the last of the petty cash. Those moments where he's deflated, where he's kind of defeated. I think that that really shows that character from Stripes, that Bill Murray 80s character put in these weird situations and where he has to deal with it. You do see kind of this moment where he's like stone faced, accepting of it, having trouble with it, but then moving forward. And it's funny that we're seeing like this consistent character throughout sort of the way that Ben Stiller plays the same guy all the time. And I'm not saying Bill Murray's playing the same guy, right. here, but uh, you're seeing this person who's just always the goofball. And now suddenly he's dropped. Let's say he's playing the same guy through all these movies. Yeah. He's being dropped in this realistic situation where he has to be serious about it. And it's a movie about like a paranormal right. thing. That's, you know, probably, you know, it's not really that uh, probable. Yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. And I think when Venkman's back is against the wall, he does the right thing. Like, you know, if he could have gone in there and said, oh, yeah, sure, I'm the key master. No problem. Let me let me help you out here. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he had done that, if the whole Gozer coming to New York City would have not happened. Huh. If he had gone ahead and said, like, yeah, sure, I'm the key master. Yeah, no problem. And just hooked up with her. And, and then just left and said, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess Gozer will be here any, t- any moment soon. You know, if the, he had it, <laughs> several times, like, well, he could have done something else, danger would have been averted. Now, yeah. the moral implication of what would have happened had he done that is despicable. And I don't even want to think about it. Right. But, but it's also like if he had played along with Walter Peck and just said, yeah. sure, you can come see the thing. But yeah. But no. huh? Yeah, because as far as she knew, Peter was the uh, key master. But Peter's back is against the wall. 
Peter Venkman does the right thing in the situation. You know, well, shoots her up with Thorazine that he found, but he did it so that he can calm her down because she was, you know, uh, you know clearly possessed, you know, and about to tear the apartment apart. Right. So. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, I don't really have anything else for this moment because, really, there's not a whole lot going on here. I do have some stuff for the next few moments. But and this is – you really get the it's, – it's a funny exchange between him and Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver really showing her range, you know, playing the usual, you know, like, uh, take-no-crap woman that she has played in movies like Aliens and stuff like that and, and Dana Barrett up until this point in the movie. And then showing that guard drop down. She's possessed. She can be a different character within the same body. And uh, I think she does some great work here. And Yeah, she really does. Some, some really so great costume uh, – so some costume work too this dress that she has on is really i find it funny that dana barrett has that in her apartment she doesn't seem like the kind of woman that would go to studio 54 or the rose or something i don't know if it's that literal i think like if she was becoming possessed she might have that you know those clothes just might have like happened oh they manifested themselves which is funny because vince clortho is still wearing the same like cheesy stuff he was wearing well as we've seen zool has her stuff together vince clortho is a bumbling idiot who bumps in the walls and stuff like that so yeah like the the dress just sort of manifested itself and uh her makeup too for that matter i mean we're dealing with a movie here where ectoplasm forms out of nowhere, then yeah, that's a, it, the dress could Possible. be made out of ectoplasm. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us for Minute Number 56. Tomorrow we'll have Minute Number 57, and we're a little bit closer to telling you who our big guest is for next week, that's so stay right. tuned for that. And also, do check out our other show, Jurassic Park Minute at JurassicParkMinute.com. Jurassic Park Minute's first episode will drop on October 17th, so not during Oktoberfest, during the Halloween celebration of next month. So right. keep an eye out for that. You can subscribe right now on iTunes. We're going to try to get some extra content out for that. And, of course, uh, as always, uh, be looking forward to our Patreon episode, which we'll be announcing very soon. So, all right. Brady, let's get out of here. Let's do it. All right, folks. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com. Facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute, Twitter.com slash GB Minute, and look us up on Instagram at Ghostbusters Minute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.